Get autographed copies of New York Times bestselling author Cynthia Bryan's books at www.starstyleradio.com. Get inspired and motivated to be your best self with Be The Star You Are, 99 Gifts, and Be The Star You Are for Teens. Buy cases at a deep discount to give away as gifts and premiums. Visit www.starstyleradio.com or call 925-377-STAR. 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 Do you have a plan for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our empowerment architect and goddess gardener, Cynthia Bryan, as she engages in energetic exchanges with success experts, bringing you research, innovations, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your life, business, and personal spaces. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now. Well, hello there, Power Partners. It is our Star Style Party. This is the informational playground brought to you by Be the Star You Are charity, Star Style. Be the star you are. I'm your host, Cynthia Bryan, and uh, we are coming to you live on the Voice America Network. This is the Empowerment Channel. Today's show, we have a lot of fun. It's wet and wild right now here in California. We're flooding. There are landslides. There's all kinds of crazy things going on. So we're going to talk about what do we do in this winter wetness. Then how about how to winterproof your pup? Uh, maybe you live in snow country and and you need some help on protecting your pets from the elements. That'll be in segment two. And mindfulness. I mean, you know, that's a big buzzword today, being mindful. But maybe we have to be mindful of mindfulness and not get trapped into that, the, the, uh, the claims that commercial industries might have. So sit back, relax, and let's have a good time today. The Miracle Moment is brought to you by Be The Star You Are Charity. You can find more information by going to BeTheStarYouAre.org. And this is from Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. The best thing one can do when it's raining is to just let it rain. And yes, I have to agree with that. There's not too much else that we can do. You can complain about it and all of that, but it doesn't really solve any problems, does it? So, you know, um, light a fire, get a book, get a cup of tea, and uh, stay indoors or under an umbrella. Well, rain, 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 rain. This is what we've had up here in Northern California with uh, so many years of drought. I believe it's been about five years now that we have experienced up here. The new, the rain, the, you know, we are really grateful for these lucky tears that are falling from the sky. But however, we have prayed for rain. The nonstop abundance has been a little bit more than our parched soils can accommodate. And we are having many floods, many landslides, many toppling trees. Just two nights ago, we were celebrating the 10th anniversary of the La Mirinda Weekly newspaper, of which I am the garden columnist and have been there since inception. So it's so amazing how fast that the time has passed. But all the way to the restaurant, 
it was uh, pouring rain and we kept getting those um, those you know alerts on the radio where it was going ah 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 you know avoid this road because of flooding and evacuate this area and i understand that in san jose california area something like 25,000 people have had to evacuate their homes because of creeks flooding so our soils really really can't uh, can't take all this moisture as much as we love it and we need it so what we all have to do is uh, assess our landscapes right now with an eye towards potential lurking troubles. Drains clogged with mud will cause flooding. As I discovered on my own patio, I dug out a five-gallon bucket of mud from two drains that were located on the edge of my lawn and on the edge of my brick patio. And it took me quite a while. I mean, I couldn't figure out why the water couldn't drain. Then I had to get a little trowel and dig back in. And I kept digging and digging and more mud and more mud and more mud five-gallon bucket. Now, the good news was that the mud was filled with worms, so I was able to locate that soil to other parts of my garden. And for those of you who do have a landscape of any size or kind, make sure that your French drains, your sump pumps, your downspouts are all clean and functional. And if you don't have downspouts, you might want to get a useful alternative, which is called a rain chain. Now, You can just use a regular old chain, a big chain, but there are actual rain chain companies that are quite pretty, and these uh, these chains will hang from your gutters, and what happens is the water trickles down the chain into a garden bed as opposed to just gushing and spilling over the gutter which can ruin your siding, you know, uh, ruin your foundation. The gentle uh, tinkling that comes on these rain chains, I love the sound. It's very soothing and meditative, as well as it's really a functional thing. So consider a rain chain. Now, we did have a couple of days of sunshine, and it was a welcome respite. I mean, it helped most of us get some repairs accomplished, as well as to finish some of the final pruning of bushes and trees and roses. As I was cutting my canes from my rose bushes, I experimented with planting many of my favorites in other parts of my garden. I first dipped the ends in a rooting solution. It's called Root Tone. I cut the ends off, dip it in, shake the root rooting solution off. It's a powder. I did the same thing with my grapevines. I pruned last year's wood back to the second bud. Then I stuck a few of the cut canes into the soil along a wire fence. We'll see if they grow. I mean, the, the great thing about doing this, it is your time to do all of it, but it doesn't cost you anything because you already have the plants, you already own the plants. And if they grow, they grow. And if they don't, you know, there's always another year. Now, up here, the roadways and hillsides and walking paths are absolutely gorgeous with daffodils and narcissi. They're pretty heads. They just look like sunshine as they awake from their winter slumber. It's a sea of yellow, and I really, really love it. Last month, I had my home filled with bouquets of fragrant roses, and this month, it's those sunny blooms of all the different daffodils that are brightening my interiors. My Italian peach tree is budding with the expectation of a full-blown explosion of pink and crimson by St. Patrick's Day. And interestingly, I think it is more on time this year than in other years where it's when it was um, a drought and it would bloom like at the beginning of February. It's supposed to be in full bloom by St. Patrick's Day, and it looks like this year it's right on schedule. 
Now, the croaks of the emerging frogs in the early evening remind me that the vernal equinox is rapidly approaching. So with excitement, I am beginning to prepare for a wildly opulent spring after we've had so much uh, rain. It's definitely going to be very verdant. So what are some things that you can do in your garden this month or in the next couple of weeks? Well, first of all, Remember that gardening is exercise, so you can exercise your body, mind, and soul by pulling weeds on your flatland. Now, I highly suggest that if you are in an area where there is a lot of rain, that and if you live on hillsides or you have a bank behind your house or on your house, allow those weeds to remain because that will help protect against erosion. Uh, rains are anticipated throughout the month. And we don't want to have any more uh, mudslides. Now, as far as exercise goes, a recent study in the Netherlands discovered that 30 minutes of gardening reduces the stress hormone of cortisol. So dig in and, you know, and, you know, peace out. (laughs) Uh, You can save money by planting vegetables and herbs that your family likes and likes to consume regularly. Ask yourself, what are your favorites? Right now, a good thing to plant are broccoli, cabbage, cauliflower, potatoes, beets, carrots, and any of the greens. I mean, you can also put in radishes if you'd like to do that, too. So talk to your family. See what are your favorites and plant a few things. Uh, uh, Especially, this is a really good time to get it done. And you will be uh, harvesting, you know, within a couple of months. So that's, it's always good to have your fresh vegetables. You can prepare uh, your new planting areas with enriched soils mixed with the compost you have been making. I mean, you have been making compost, right? It's never too late to start if you haven't. Just remember all the scraps from your kitchen, eggshells, coffee grinds, tea bags, um, shredded newspaper, shredded paper, straw, all that kind of stuff. Now, you don't want to put meat products. You can put fish and you can put fish bones in your compost but you don't want to put any meat in there grow flowers in a cutting garden that will both attract pollinators and be used for new weekly flower arrangements to brighten your indoor experience coreopis phlox uh, salvia agastache and um, echinacea are always charmers so think about those you know to plant i think you may really enjoy them Feed lawns this month with a high-nitrogen organic fertilizer as the winter rains have depleted the nutrients. You'll pull the weeds, and if you have dandelions in your lawn or dandelions anywhere, as long as you haven't used a toxic spray, you might want to just go ahead and add them to um, to your salad. I mean, I think you're going to find that, you know, they not only are they really good, but they're very, very nutritious. So add dandelions to your salad. If you don't want to add them to your salad, what you might want to do is give them, put them in a tray and give them to the quail because quail absolutely love um, dandelions and they are just so high in nutrients for them. So another thing that you want to do is you can border your rhododendrons and heather with purple or white alyssum as a pretty perennial edging. 
Inspect your oak trees for oak moth larvae. We have a lot of oak trees in our area. And if you see any attractive black and yellow caterpillars crawling on the bark, you know, call an arborist or a tree professional for an inspection. Don't think that these are monarchs because they're not. They really are an oak moth larva and they can kill your oak trees. Enhance your landscape with the attractive organ grape as a deer-resistant option. You know, it's um, organ grape, it takes a little while to get big. And when it's small, it actually looks kind of like an oak tree. But when it blooms, it's really, really pretty with a, uh, a kind of a lime green flower. Uh, it, it's hard to explain, but and little clusters. They don't really look like grapes, but they are little green clusters. You can create a bold foundation garden of shade plants with lady ferns, bleeding hearts, hostas, and corbels. Freshen your indoor spaces with crotons, snake plants, or peace lilies. Add rain chains, as I was saying earlier, to your gutter in lieu of downspouts because not only are they practical, but many are very artfully designed to beautify your architecture, specifically in areas where downspouts would be an eyesore. Like I have um, two rain chains down the front of my house where I could not put, I couldn't put any um, downspouts because of the way of the architecture. So the rain chains really help and I think they look great. You can start choosing bulbs now for your summer pleasure, including begonia, dahlia, gladiolus, watsonia, and calla lily. Selections are available at your nursery and your garden center. Now, calla lilies are probably blooming right now in your garden if you already have them. So you don't want to divide them or anything now until after they're done blooming. Embrace a variety of grasses for your lawn to make it more drought and traffic tolerant. Clover is not only pretty in a lawn, but it automatically fertilizes the soil with nitrogen by grabbing it from the air. You can imitate Mother Nature's posture of chaos by losing a perfection approach to gardening. You know, you want to strive for biological beauty. Flower equals flow. Remember that. There is the word flow in the word flower. So just let your garden flow. Cultivate an attitude of gratitude to grow in grace. And be on the alert again this month for woodpeckers storing their acorns in holes that they punch in your wooden walls. You can go native by adding sage, penstemon, gazania, red hot poker, and columbine to your yard. And you can stay warm and dry while it is wet and wild. We do appreciate the plentiful uh, precipitation that's happening, of course, after years of the drought. But at the same time, you know, we really want to um, look forward. We look forward to a springtime when it's just going to be green and emerald. And uh, we, if you need a garden consultation, you know, you can email me for a tune-up. And uh, lots of times I can just do something over Skype or email or phone for you. And if you're in the San Francisco Bay Area, I obviously do it in person. Well, what's also exciting at this time is that the Academy Awards are coming up this coming weekend, this Sunday, the Oscars. Uh, It's the 89th annual Academy Awards. They're going to be aired on ABC February 26th at 7 p.m. I know lots and lots of people are having um, 
are having parties. They're probably having Oscar parties, and maybe you are too. So if you are going to do that, it's really fun to create a ballot. And what you may want to do is a lot of the different magazines have them, but you can go online to get a um, a ballot of what the picks are going to be. I know People Magazine had a People Picks uh, ballot that you could probably tear out and copy and um, and work from. But Best Picture, you know, they have nine of them. Arrival, Fences, Hackjaw Ridge, Hell or High Water, Hidden Figure, La La Land, Lion, Manchester by the Sea, and Moonlight. I voted for Hidden Figures in the SAG Awards, and I'm still voting for Hidden Figures for the Oscars. To me, it was the best movie of the year. Um, in the Best uh, Actor Leading Role, we have Casey Affleck, Andrew Garfield, Ryan Gosling, Viggo Mortensen, and Des- Denzel Washington. I do think that Casey's probably going to uh, take it. Uh, even though everyone was really very excellent in all that they did. And if you haven't seen Captain Fantastic, it's really a different kind of um, movie. Uh, I do think actor and leading roles probably be between Denzel and Casey. It'll be one of one of the two. And as far as actresses, there's Isabel Hubert of uh, Elle. There's Ruth Nega from Loving. Natalie Portman, Emma Stone, and Meryl Streep in Florence Foster Jenkins. And I, I personally really thought Natalie did a great job. And, of course, Meryl is always fabulous. So we'll see what happens. There's lots of other categories, but that's, what we're gonna, that's all we're going to talk about for today. So have fun, and uh, we hope that you will enjoy the Oscars. When we come back from break, we're going to be talking about how to winterproof your pet. So don't go away. You are listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, coming to you live on the Voice America Network. My name is Cynthia Bryan, and I am your host for the show. Be the star you are, the star you are, be the star you are. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you seeking a Dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world. Lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR. 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 And visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan. www.cynthiabryan.com. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryan, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. 
It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryant. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business is calling out to me. Well, pets are a big business around the world, especially in America, and mostly pets are family members. It's pretty rare when somebody has a dog that they just don't consider uh, that they, you know, it's just a pet they really consider as part of the family. So in these winters where we have, you know, the wet winters and a lot of snow, how do you protect your pet from the elements so that they can stay healthy in body and also you know, keep their minds intact. Well, when the temperature drops, you aren't the only one who needs to get prepared. Winter weather really affects our furry friends as well. And it's important to change up your dog's day-to-day care to safeguard it from any seasonal health risks. Any veterinarian will tell you that, you know, despite what we think that our animals can just go outside, this isn't really true. We have to watch for their paws and their how cold they are or how warm they get. So they, these are um, some moves that have been vet approved to keep your dog safe and warm until at least springtime happens. First, wipe your pet's paws. Now, don't obsess, uh, you know, obsess over it, but wipe your pet's paws when they're coming inside. Because if you have snow in your area, you know, the de-icers on streets and sidewalks, they typically can cause a mild dermal irritation. And so if you wipe their feet, it not only keeps your carpets and your floors clean, but it's going to wipe off, off those chemicals. They, um, you know, a pet's paws will dry out, and that's what the de-icers do. And they're rarely a poisonous issue, but obviously it can become uncomfortable. And you want to prevent their pads from cracking. So give the, uh, the paws a quick wipe with a damp washcloth, or you can walk your dog through some, you know, fresh snow before it goes into the house. But I still think it's a better idea to wipe their paws. You know, plus for me, I mean, if they're going to come in, you just like people, you want their, their little feet to be clean. So now you have to also watch out for overheating on dogs because so often, uh, especially in really cold weather, People tend to buy little sweaters or little coats and, you know, things to keep your, your, um, your little pet family member warm. But that little sweater may be super cute, but you have to think about what the conditions are outside. If your dog is exercising or playing or chasing you, um, you have to be especially careful because Having that sweater on could overheat the dog, especially if it has, you know, if it's a thicker sweater or a jacket. If the temperature is above 20 degrees and you have a long-haired dog, it's probably better not to have any kind of of coat or jacket. Now, short-haired dogs can venture out below 20-degree temperatures but they probably do need an extra layer. But pay attention to how they are acting. You know, if a, your dog is panting, it's probably too warm. So a tongue hanging out, take that coat or that jacket off. Now, don't skimp on your dog's baths. It's easy to assume that your pet's dandruff is caused by uh, dry skin, but as the same with human dandruff, the flakes could actually be a result of excess oils, just 
too much, right? So being indoors in the winter, you may not think that your pet needs as much bathing, but the lack of washing can make your, your pup's skin get really oily. And what happens when it gets oily is then it's going to flake. So that is like your dog's dandruff. So maintain the usual bath schedule. You know what? Probably once a week is a good idea. And hopefully you have a pup that loves the water because if your dog doesn't like the water, you're in for a little bit of trouble. Now, get creative with exercise. Uh, while it really is unclear whether pets can get seasonally depressed or not, experts do agree that being trapped inside during the winter months can really make your dog go a little bit stir-crazy, just as we would go straight stir-crazy if we were in one room all the time. So you can still provide environmental enrichment and exercise inside you just have to be a little bit more intentional about it. So, um, you know, find out what your favorite indoor activities are, whether it's throwing a ball of yarn down a hallway, having tug-of-war sessions with the dog's favorite toys, or maybe just even, you know, brushing your dog. That's really great. But do your best to get your dog outside to get some exercise and some walking. And if it's just raining out, you know, grab that umbrella and your leash and go for a walk singing in the rain. Your dogs really, really do like it. They're, they're not, you know, um, they're not shying away from the rain as we do. Just have a, a towel ready when you get back. And then what's good for a diet in the winter weather? So it may seem logical to feed your animal more in the winter to pack some meat on the bones for warmth, but many of the veterinarians warn that this is a fast track to an overweight or obese dog. You should just reduce what you serve by about 10% to balance out the lack of exercise due to the colder weather outside. So instead of ramping up the food, you actually are giving less food. And you want to swap out store-bought treats for healthier, real food items. You know, maybe just like some popcorn or some carrot or some broccoli um, or, you know, other vegetables. Interestingly enough, you know, your dog, when he or she sees you eating these treats, will probably want to eat them too. So give your dogs some of those, um, some of those treats. Now, that's all I wanted to talk about with dogs, but... Um, I wanted to talk about how we as people can bounce back from some tough times that we might be having, having in our lives because sometimes life is just basically cruel and um, we have to train ourselves to be resilient and by being resilient we're going to be healthier and sometimes you know we have to just kind of find out what we what is it there that we have to pause about? Most of us um, aren't aren't artists in the fact of being a concert uh, pianist or something. You know, we don't play concertos, but we will all get knocked down by life. We might get a sick child. We might lose a job. We might have a troubled relationship. We might have to resume everyday business of living, and the best thing that we can do is to do it with some joy and purpose. And how well you do that depends on your level of resilience, your ability to bounce back. 
uh, one of my favorite authors wrote a book, How High Can You Bounce? And it was such a wonderful book because it really highlighted the importance of resilience and the importance of turning your your uh, stumbling blocks into stepping stones. Um, what we have learned is that, you know, uh, most people will have some kind of depression at some time in their life. But increasingly, research has shown that the ability to thrive despite difficult circumstances can speed recovery from an injury, surgery, from pain, and improve your overall health for a wide variety of conditions. Now, optimists are less likely to suffer from angina and heart attacks, and they tend to recover better from coronary artery bypasses. And people who can speak positively about things tend to bounce back faster. You know, when um, even when you have any kind of stressor, even if it's a mild stressor, you're likely to need a doctor, perhaps, if, you're, if you are feeling like you are getting anxious. So how do you do all these things? First of all, it's really important to feel the feelings. In other words, if you're really having a bad time, it's okay to feel sad. Give yourself permission to feel sad. Give yourself some time to collapse in tears. Go ahead and eat the ice cream. Uh, You know, we need to do some of those things. You don't want to suppress it. You want to be able to share your stories and and share your pain, hopefully with a trusted friend or a spouse or significant other or a therapist. Um, But at the same time, we have to also rein ourselves in and know that even if we're a resilient person, we are not perfect and we don't always know what the heck that we're going through. You know, Churchill said, when you're going through hell, just keep on going. And um, I have found that in my life to be a definite truism. It's that there is, there are plenty of times that we feel overwhelmed and we feel like we just can't even go another step and we don't understand why, you know, why the sky is falling in. And that's the time to really pause, take a step back uh, and deactivate your hopelessness circuit. You don't want to feel hopeless, but maybe you just need to stop and tap into your grief, your anger, your sadness, and give yourself some time to let that um, go. It's interesting what a good night's sleep will do, because what happens is that flood of negative feelings may be your brain's way of grappling with a tough reality, but facing your problems is a key step towards acceptance. And Often, when we go to sleep at night, our subconscious or unconscious mind, I suppose it is, helps us understand and it gives us hope and it it frames things. And I know for me, I always feel better in the morning. And so whenever I'm facing something that's tough, I always say, you know what, I need to sleep on it. (laughs) So I really recommend that you sleep on it uh, as well when you're going through a hard time. Know that we can't control everything. So it is that whole idea to control what you can and let the rest go. 
There's a doctor who points to a famous experiment uh, performed by the University of Pennsylvania Psychology doctoral students in 1967 in which dogs were given a mild electric shock to their back paw. Now, half the dogs could make the shocks stop by pushing their nose against a panel in their cage, but the other half could do nothing. And when the same dogs were then subjected to a new round of shocks the next day, the dogs that had control over the previous day's shocks quickly learned that they could jump over a low wall to safety. But two-thirds of the dogs that had not been able to control anything, they just laid down and whimpered until the shocks were over. So what did this experiment prove? It proved that it isn't the suffering that leads to chronic hopelessness. It's suffering that you think you cannot control. So that's why we have to control what we can. Of course, we often can't control an outcome. You know, if you're going on a job interview or you're having surgery or you're having some other uh, stressful experience. But when we busy ourselves with a project related to our problem, whether it's preparing talking points for that interview or joining a support group for people undergoing that same surgery, uh, then we are empowering ourselves. We're giving ourselves some control. You know, sometimes all we have to do is clean the house so as not to live in chaos while our life falls apart. That helps us build resilience. There are many ways to empower yourself. You know, you can ask yourself, what can I do? What can I do? If you can stay focused on what you can control, you avoid becoming paralyzed by the spiral of blame and by asking yourself that question, you know, why me? Because the reality is we do have far more control over many of the things. I suppose it's more of the reactions to the actions than we realize. So our attitude and our response to situations are definitely related. You also have to know when to be flexible. People often will say, is there such a thing as too much resilience? Well, what if you just keep trying and hoping for something that is never going to happen? You know, that was another thing that Einstein said, is doing the same thing over and over again is a sign of insanity. So we don't want to do the same things over and over again and expecting a different result because that really doesn't doesn't happen. But we also want to underscore that good judgment is a critical component of true grit. It's not resilience if you're just trying the same thing over and over and expecting a change. Trying hard isn't enough. You've got to be resilient. It means you're willing to try something differently. And this may entail developing your problem-solving skills. It might mean that you are struggling to, you know, to land a new job um, and you just don't And you just keep kind of blindly sending out resumes. Well, that's maybe not the way to do it. Maybe instead sit down with a friend, a mentor, or a coach who can help you pinpoint what hasn't been working and then brainstorm alternative strategies, such as a new way to network or a training program that's going to add the missing skills to your resume. We have to step back sometimes. We have to consider different options, pick a course of action, and then assess how well this new strategy is going to work because Good problem solvers think of new solutions and they make necessary changes to their approach. You also need to hone in on what's called cognitive flexibility. This is the ability to reevaluate a traumatic experience in order to grow and recover rather than letting it limit your life. Uh, there There was an author or there is an author 
who wrote the book Resilience, the Science of Mastering Life's Greatest Challenge. And um, this author's named Charney. And interviewed a family friend who was born with spina bifida. And she accepted the reality of her condition, but she didn't let it limit her view of herself. She learned to swim. She got into Yale. And cognitive flexibility doesn't mean you have to find good in a bad thing because sometimes there is no good. It just means you don't let the bad thing define you. So that goes for a lot of things that happen to us. And we all have disappointments. We all have that book proposal that didn't sell or, you know, um, the, the, uh, the campaign that you launched that just never took off. But we have to find some silver linings fairly quickly because perhaps there's going to be some sparks that will give a better idea or a better outcome. And for major catastrophes, such as the death of a loved one, you may need to enlist a trained therapist to help you find a sense of peace because death and divorce are two of the hardest things to go through. The other thing that can really help you with resiliency is to find a role model. And your role model could be one of your parents, you know, it could be a coworker, it could be just a friend, it might be one of your one of your children. Whoever it is, the goal is to put together your own roadmap towards recovery. And hopefully, imitation is a very powerful way of learning to be resilient. So feel free to imitate someone who you look at as a role model. And then the flip side of that is to be a role model yourself as well. That's really important, to pay it forward. And it's not just because it's the nice thing to do. Um, it's, there's been so many studies shown that altruism is key to resilience. And when you're good to other people, you actually end up with better health. People over 55 who volunteered with two or more organizations, for example, had a 44% lower chance of dying during, during um, a study that was done on people volunteering than non-volunteers. And this is according to Cal Berkeley. So really learn to pay it forward. Help others. It makes you feel competent. It improves your own problem solving. And it'll give you a larger sense of purpose. And all of that is going to translate into resilience. You, you know, maybe you want to join a walk to raise funds for something, a disease that um, that might have killed somebody in your family. Um, maybe you want to volunteer with Be The Star You Are. You can go to bethestarur.org and check it out. There's a lot of opportunities there. And then another way for resiliency is to talk it out. If you have people in your life who believe in your ability to learn and do better, even when you really screw things up, it will help you view the glass as half full. And that doesn't mean you need your friends to give you pep talks all the time or somebody to tell you how great you are. It can be enough just to have other people in your life who understand what you are going through. Sometimes it just helps to get it off your shoulder. Now, women are pretty good at connecting with others that are facing similar obstacles because the natural response to stress in women and girls is to reach out, to talk, to share, to feel like, okay, I'm not the only one who is going through this. But for men, it's a bit harder. And culturally taught, you know, men have been taught that it's a sign of weakness, but that's not true at all. It's a sign of resilience and action when you can share what you're going through. I think it's very important. And finally, 
know that you're already doing it. It's fine to hate the worrisome circumstances you're facing, but consider this a benefit. If you are overcoming stress, you're becoming more resilient. Uh, You have to be in the race yourself. You could lose it and then see that it's not the end of the world. But going through these kinds of ordeals fires up what psychologists call our neurological hope circuit, the purpose of which is to inhibit our hopelessness circuit and override the neurons that will trigger feelings of despair. So if you're having some current problems and they feel overwhelming, draw on a past experience and remember how you persevered. Remember that you too are resilient, that some of your experiences might have the answers for what you need. And when you say at when you say that you can, you can. Just be biased towards hope. That's the most important thing to remember. And I know for myself on a personal note, the many tragedies that I have gone through have really changed uh, my life for the better, although at first it didn't seem that way. Well, when we come back from break, we'll have more, and we're going to talk about uh, about mindfulness. Stay with me. I'm Cynthia Bryan. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. A few tips for work and home success. Studies show that optimistic people outperform pessimistic people in every area of business and wealth building. Research shows that over 50% of your self-talk is negative, so you should talk to yourself rather than listening to yourself. Focus on the good and the positive thoughts and reject the bad and the negative thoughts. The young men said to the wise man, I have two dogs fighting inside of me, the negative and the positive, and how do I know which one will win? And the wise man said, the one you will feed will win. So don't hang around negative people because they will impact you more than you will impact them. Gandhi said, I'll not, I will not let anyone walk through my mind with their dirty feet. And like is like a bus. You have to decide to be the driver of your own car. Stop letting others control your future. Decide to take control of your life and be resilient. You are the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Star Style. For information on booking a coaching or consultation, call 925-377-STAR, 925-377-7827, or visit CynthiaBryan.com. Be the star you The annual cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over $225 billion. Help increase literacy, reduce violence, and improve positive media messages by making a tax-deductible contribution to Be The Star You Are charity. A top-rated nonprofit, Be The Star You Are promotes positive role models, produces positive radio broadcasts, and donates positive books to empower women, families, and youth. Be a power partner and join our galaxy of stars. 
Visit our website at bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation using PayPal or send checks to P.O. Box 376, 376, Moraga, California, 94556. BeTheStarYouAre.org. Dare to care. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business is calling. Well, we are back, and you are listening to Star Style. Be the star you are. Brought to the airwaves under the species of Be The Star You Are charity. We are coming to you live. This is the Voice America Network, and you're listening to the Empowerment Channel. My name is Cynthia Bryan, and you can find out more about me at CynthiaBryan.com. Well, being mindful of mindfulness is something that I think is really important. I was reading an article that was written by David and Amanda Horowitz, and you may remember that David Horowitz is a leading consumer advocate, and his daughter, Amanda, is the CEO of Fight Back and the co-founder of uh, FightBack.com. And they were talking about how mindfulness has become kind of big business and a buzzword. And and I suppose it really has. So there are uh, some benefits for you, but we really have to be careful. And I thought I would bring these to you because mindfulness isn't a new concept. It's a growing influence. And in popular culture, it's given birth to a long list of interpretations of what it means. So it could mean being in the moment. It could mean a lifestyle change. Mindfulness could mean self-awareness. It could mean meditation or a stress reduction technique. It could mean, you know, just kind of like stop, smell the roses attitude, or it might be a mind-body-spirit connection or a way to be more successful and productive. And mindfulness could involve activities. As such as journaling or yoga or deep breathing or reading or drawing, painting, connecting with nature, chanting or uh, meditating. And in fact, mindfulness is often connected with all of those things. But um, there are also other ways to help you learn to be mindful. And this is where maybe some of the challenge comes in. There are apps, there are books, seminars, and courses that are all claiming to be able to tell you how to parent more mindfully, cook more mindfully, eat more mindfully, work more mindfully, communicate mindfully, play mindfully. And you can even buy products like mindful mints, mindful paint, clothing, mindful meat, and tea. Now, that just seems kind of bizarre to me and and really just way too over-the-top commercial, just trying to cash in on the benefits of mindfulness. And the reality is, is that's true. Is some commercial techniques promise or claim that you can feel more tuned in and aware and productive and relaxed on an ongoing basis if you buy their products. So while there are honest companies that are focused on making a positive impact and improving the lives of consumers, others could use the term mindful as just a ploy 
to get you to buy their products. So this is where I want to say, buyer beware, be mindful of the mindfulness. You want to protect your wallet by being mindful of possible marketing hype that might be around these products and services. Now, here are a few things that both David and Amanda Horowitz have um, have advised, uh, of, you know, just some tips to help you stay um, stay in the moment and not get not get taken by some of these companies. Be mindful. When you are selecting a product, a service, remember that you won't achieve mindfulness in less than a minute or in less than a day, just as you can't work out for a minute a day and be physically fit. So buying a particular product doesn't help you achieve mindfulness, and it's not a way to get ahead at work. Mindfulness is a practice, and it takes committed daily action. So you have to stay away from anything that promises immediate results. Mindful claims. When it comes to health-related product claims, the U.S. Department of Agriculture, that's the USDA, and the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, that's the FDA, and the Federal Trade Commission, that's the FTC, they all work together to help protect consumers from being misled. But according to FDA representatives, there aren't specific regulations within the administration for the term mindful. So the USDA currently doesn't have a labeling restriction associated with the term. You might remember last week when I was talking about whole grains and the importance of reading the labels when you see something that says whole grains, because unless it says 100% whole grains, it could have one grain in it, one single solitary grain, and the rest can be refined sugars and all kinds of other things, and it can still be called a whole grain product. So we have to be very, very careful about uh, the hypes that go on with anything that we buy or that is commercially advertised. So since the USDA doesn't currently have a label restricting uh, the use of mindful, and we have to watch um, uh, for approved labels, the agency ensures that labels are have to be true and not misleading. So if you think something is misleading, you know, just leave it, don't buy it. The FTC's position is that vague terms like mindful can mean different things to different consumers, and it really depends on the context. An advertiser is responsible for making sure that any reasonable interpretation is truthful and substantial. Now, the commission hasn't yet brought any cases challenging the use of the term mindful. It could be considered puffery or it could imply some objective benefit or truth about the product, in which case the claim must be true or the meaning of the term needs to be clear to consumers. But I still just find even that terminology really confusing. So, again, um, you know, when, when in doubt, leave it out. Mindful choices. As with any of your choices or decisions in life, you have to check it out, right? 
So if you question a product or a service claim, evaluate it. Call the company. Ask questions about terms. Read comments on social media. You know, go to the different websites where there are reviews. Sort through them. I mean, some people write, you know, nasty reviews no matter what. So you just have to learn how to, to edit and sift and find the, the true reviews and the true claims. You um, can get a feeling for others' reactions to claims and take the time to read the labels carefully. Now, if you're looking for an app, a book, a seminar, or a course, you want to seek out the highest quality teaching and training and make sure to research a company's or individual's background online before you buy. The idea isn't to get a contact high from a quick fits. It's to create lasting change in your life, and that's what we all want. So we predict that the mindfulness movement is going to continue to grow, and many people are going to find lasting benefits from lifestyle changes that could be associated with mindfulness. But again, you have to keep your eyes open for questionable marketing claims and make it a habit to be mindful of what you are being sold. And again, I really do think that the internet is um, a great place to give us a lot of choices as long as we know how to to, um, look through the different search engines and to find the places that really have authentic information. I know there's that term going around now about false news, and that would go for mindfulness as well. So, you know, if something sounds too good to be true, it always is. And if it sounds like, you know, it's going to be too easy, it probably is. Just remember, in order to make a change in life, it usually takes at least 30 days. And it takes 30 days of constant working on it. So be mindful of that, and then you too can can have um, a flexible, entertaining, and also very mindful life. Well, that is our show for today. I hope that you have been inspired. Thank you for being great listeners and allowing me to be with you right here on the Voice America Network, the Empowerment Channel every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. My name is Cynthia Bryan, and I really like being your personal growth coach. And if you're looking for information about getting any lifestyle coaching or writing or acting or presentation, please do visit my website, CynthiaBryan.com, or you can book a consultation by calling 925 377 7827. That's 925-377-STAR. To make a donation to Be The Star You Are nonprofit or get involved in some way to become a sponsor of our shows or our outreach programs, visit BeTheStarYouAre.org. You can also visit BTSYA.org. We're in the process of revamping that website through uh, WebStart, so we'll be doing that quite soon, but you can definitely find all our newsletters and all our articles and everything on that site at the at the moment. So keep inspired, keep informed, keep amused, keep motivated by tuning in here with us every week. And remember to imagine your dreams as if they already exist. 
speak as if they already exist, and act as if they already exist. And until next week when we celebrate once again, love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles will keep us happy. I'm Cynthia Bryan for Star Style, thanking you and encouraging you to be the star you are. I wish you a wonderful week. Dream, create, inspire, make a difference, and have a fun night watching the Oscars this Sunday on ABC, February 26th at 7 p.m. It's the 89th Annual Academy Awards. Have fun and walk that red carpet. And we'll be together next Wednesday, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific, here on the Voice America Network. Thanks for joining me. Be the star you are. The star you are. Be the star you are. You are the star. It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit StarStyleRadio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan, every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are. Keep staring, keep caring, keep staring.